Amen. We're going to dive into the message this morning. If you've been coming to Oasis the past couple weeks, we've been going through a sermon series entitled Unsearchable. Anybody enjoyed this series and encouraged by this series? Three of us. Awesome. We'll keep going. And we're just going to keep moving along in the series then and we encourage each other. Um, it's been good. It's been, a, it's been a time for us as a church to dial in to understanding how God speaks to us. We serve a God, and he has a name, and his name is Jesus. And we believe that we serve a God that speaks to his children. That we just don't show up to a room and we pray and we just pray to him. No, we pray and we hear God speaks. God speaks through, through his spirit. God speaks through his word. God speaks through people. God speaks through creation. God speaks while you're in church. That's why you shouldn't miss church because could, you could miss the miracle that he has for you in church. Hello. Just another sermon another time. But God speaks to his people. And we've entitled it Unsearchable because sometimes the things that God wants to speak to you are that. They are unsearchable. They're not for other people to get. They're for you to get, and you have to search them out. They're things that God wants to speak to you right away. Like last week, we talked about wisdom. Wisdom is available for you. I'm thankful that I can call upon a God, and he can, to be a husband, to, to, to be a, a pastor, to be a friend, to be a brother, I need wisdom. And so God speaks wisdom to us all the time. And then there's things, and there, there's things that God speaks to you and you only that you gotta, you got to start to look for. It's almost like because if you got him right away, you wouldn't need him. So in order to remind us that we need him, we need to keep seeking out his words for your life. And so we've been going through this series, and today I want to talk about uh, 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 just something that is, is, honestly guys, it's pretty easy for me to talk about this. Because I came to grips with this right when I came to know Jesus Christ as a 21-year-old. That he is the good shepherd. That was a really good place to say amen. He's the good shepherd. <laughs> there we go. We're going to get there. I, I came to grips to understand that when I gave my life to Jesus, I was no longer in control. Now, do I try to take control back? Oh, yeah, <laughs> all the time. But I'm reminded that he is the good shepherd, that he is the one that I can look to in all things, for all things, through all things. I can look to the good shepherd, and I can hear from the good shepherd. The good shepherd speaks to us. See, we've, we've learned about how dialing in the signal and, and tuning our ear to listen, and we learned about wisdom the, uh, last week, but this week we got to understand Jesus' character in order to understand what he speaks. See, if you don't have his character in line, you think that he speaks death when he's speaking life. You think that his no for you is no forever when he's actually holding you back from something that will harm you. You catch this? See, you, you know what I'm talking about because you know people that have strong character. You enjoy talking to them. Some of you are like, I don't even have friends that have good character. Find some new friends. They're out there, I promise. But you like hanging around people that have strong character, right? You know that what they're going to give you advice on is going to be strong. It's going to be solid. You want people that have strong character. And when people have their character lined up, you want to listen to them. Am I right? Me. I want to listen to people that have strong character. So in order to know what Jesus speaks and how he speaks, we got to look at Jesus' character. Whew, this is going to be good. Open up your Bibles to Psalms 23. I'm going to read two passages of Scripture this morning. What, can he do that? Is that allowed? Yeah, we're doing it this morning. It's awesome. I don't do it always. But open up your Bibles to Psalms 23. Many of you know this, but we're going to read it. How cool is the Bible? This was the Old Testament, and it was talking about Jesus before Jesus even showed up. Psalms 23 says this, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. 
He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I pause there because I say this a lot, and I hope you catch this. I love that, right? The good shepherd. He doesn't say you're going to stay in the valley of the shadow of death. Somebody needs to hear that this morning. You may think you're sitting and you're staying and you've stayed in the valley of the shadow of death. Jesus is not going to keep you in the valley of the shadow of death. He's going to make you walk through it. Woo! Come on. He's going to carry you through the valley that is dark, that is, seems, seems just filled with death. He's going to carry you and see you through. That's who he is. He's the good shepherd. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I love that. Praise God. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Everyone say forever. Open up your Bibles then to John 10 if you got a Bible. If you do not, this is going to be on the screen as well. Jesus is now here on earth. And he's talking about who he is. He's talking to his boys. He's telling his boys who he is. He's giving his character to his disciples. He's telling them what he's about. And he's saying it to his boys and to everybody else that's listening. People that want to receive it and that don't want to receive it. He's talking about who he is. I love Jesus and this is what he says. I tell you the truth. The man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The man who enters by the gate is the shepherd of his sheep. The watchman opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls out his own sheep by name and leads them out. I am grateful for a God that knows me by name. When he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. You gotta listen. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but they did not understand what he was telling them. So Jesus, full of grace, right? That's pretty clear to me. I'm reading this like, I'm like, I understand. But they didn't have what we had back then, so they were kind of like, he's talking about sheep, a thief, shepherd, voice, I don't understand. So Jesus saw that. How good is Jesus? He realizes that they didn't click the first time. He's like, let me try it again, guys. This is how I read the Bible. Therefore, Jesus said again. I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. All who come before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that you may have a life and have it to the full. You can say amen there because that is good promise. Jesus didn't come to give us half life. He came to give us a full life and beyond a full life, a fuller life. Woo! I'm the good shepherd. The good sheep lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. I love Jesus. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. A few more. Verse 14. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not also of the sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there will be one flock and no and one shepherd. The reason my Father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. 
Jesus, these are your words. And we are so grateful that you are the good shepherd. You are so powerful. You are so good. And we thank you, God, that you died for us. You, 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 you took our, our place on that cross. You are uh, just an ultimate shepherd for us, God. So today, may we understand your character more. May we heed who you are so that we can understand and hear from you about what you want to speak to us day in and day out. We love you. We bless you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Unsearchable, the good shepherd. I got six points today. Everyone's like, what? You're reading two scriptures and six points. He's switching the game up. Hello. I am. I got six things that I think I take from these passages of scripture that are so vital for us to understand the heart of God's character. Jesus. To understand that Jesus is the one who is the shepherd in the story in John. Jesus is the one that in Psalms they were talking about. It was always only Jesus. Jesus is the good shepherd. And I see a lot of things in this, and I, and I want to articulate it the best way I can to you so that when you walk out of here, you can have an understanding, I pray, a deep understanding of you know what Jesus is about. The first thing is this. Jesus speaks to us as the great shepherd. See, I, I know, don't, don't, don't freak out. I know that in that passage in Matt and John, that it says that Jesus is the good shepherd. I beg to say something, just my opinion. I beg to say that Jesus is the great shepherd. I don't think there's another shepherd like him. Can we, can we say amen there? Because that's a really good thing to understand. That when Jesus speaks to us, he's not speaking as the second place shepherd. He's not speaking as the second best shepherd. He speaks to us as the great, good, awesome, amazing, so, so cool shepherd. I love Jesus. I love Jesus because I love that when he talks to me, he's talking to me as a good, great shepherd. That when I know that the great shepherd, the good shepherd is speaking to me, I know that I can show up in his presence and be loved and be cared for and be spoken to with such truth. And to walk away from his presence and leave that moment of encountering his presence, not leaving his presence, we don't ever leave, his presence goes with him, but encountering him in that moment and walking away going, I just heard from the greatest shepherd ever. I love Jesus. Because when he speaks to us, he speaks as knowing that, hey, I am with you, I am for you, I am the good shepherd, and I got some stuff to say to my sheep, my children. I got some stuff to speak to you. What does the good shepherd speak to us? Because as he speaks as the great shepherd, we got to understand what he speaks to us. You know what Jesus ultimately speaks to us as the good shepherd? Salvation. Amen. Let me try that again. You know what he ultimately speaks to us? Salvation. There we go. We're getting this. He speaks salvation over our minds, over our hearts, over our lives, day in and day out. When you go before the great shepherd, he's going to speak something of his character. You know what his character is? I'm the saving shepherd. I came to save my children. I am the good shepherd. I love my children, so I'm going to speak salvation over them. I'm going to remind them that my penal the penalty on the cross that I took has saved their lives. They don't have to go to the cross. I took it for them. Wow. That was, this is good. This should floor your faith. 
If you love Jesus, this right here should remind you that I don't serve a God that I got a hope is a good shepherd. I got a hope that maybe one day he's going to redeem me. I got a hope when I'm sick in the hospital and I cry out to him and maybe, just maybe he'll hear me and heal me. Or hey, you know what, when I'm in the time of lacking and I just cry out to a God, I'm just hoping maybe, just maybe he'll heal me. Let me just say something to you this morning because this is the good shepherd. He's speaking salvation. He's speaking saving grace over your life. So when you're in those moments and you hear what you're going to hear, I'm the good shepherd. I'm here. I'm here, my child. The good shepherd has shown up, and I'm going to speak life over you. I'm going to speak the things of heaven over you. I'm not going to speak death over you. I'm going to speak encouragement. I'm going to speak life, because that's who Jesus is. Some of us have grown up thinking that Jesus is just pointing the finger at us. I did. In my shame and in my guilt, I just felt like Jesus was like, mm. And then I really read this, and that's not who Jesus is at all. Jesus is like, come here. Let me show you. Let me tell you how good I am. Let me speak salvation over your life. And when we know that he's the good shepherd, we know that he speaks to us. He calls us out by name, Scripture says in verse 3 and 4. So when you know that he's a good shepherd, he's just not saying, hey, you, you, there in the back. Yeah. No, he's calling you specifically by name. He knows you by name. So when he's speaking salvation over you, he's saying, JP, I want to speak salvation over you. I'm not hoping that I'm in. (laughs) He speaks specifically to us. That's the good shepherd. Anybody encouraged by that this morning? The second thing is this. It's a basic, simple message, but I believe it's going to encourage us and walk out of here, and we're going to be able to know what he is about. The second thing is this. Jesus speaks as the owner of his sheep. Not a rented hand. Woo! (laughs) He speaks as the owner of his sheep, not as a rented hand. I love that Jesus speaks to me as is, as the one that owns me. Ain't nobody going to own me, JP. That's what I hear all the time. Ain't nobody going to, no way. I am my person. I am me. This isn't like the world's ownership over people. Not at all. What it is, is heavenly ownership over your life. See, Jesus speaks to you as a heavenly father that owns you. Because you know why he owns you? Because he gave his life on a cross and his blood poured out for you. And as his blood poured out for you, it paid a ransom for you. He paid my ransom. So if he paid my ransom on a cross, he can own me. Cool with it. (laughs) I'm cool. I'm great with it. If you paid for me and I don't have to go do that, I don't want to do that. Ain't none of you want to go to the cross either. Don't act like you do too in this room. I would go to the cross. You're lying. He did it. He did it because he is the owner of us. He is the owner of his sheep. He's not a rented hand. He said, I'm going to go to the cross, and my cross is going to pay for my people. And in paying for them, I pray and ask that they receive me so that they could have ownership in heaven with me. Woo! I love that about God. He's not a rented hand. Have any of you ever rented something? Yeah. Some of you are renting apartments. But some of you have rented vehicles before. You know what's crazy about renting a vehicle compared to owning a vehicle? You drive that thing like you're in the Indy 500. Oh, yeah. I've gotten into some rental cars at times, and I'm like, who was in this car? It's like they threw a confetti party, like just the craziest thing. I'm like, what is happening in here? Because when people rent something... They don't take care of it the way that they do that they own it. No, it's true. It's absolutely true. 
Like, like when you rent something, you know that you're going to be able to give it back to them. Now, Enterprise and Hertz, they'll take it back with the dents and stuff. You'll pay for it, but you don't have to deal with it. You can drive that thing down the road. You can drive it down a hill. I remember one time we were in a minivan in Salt Lake City, Utah, on a soccer trip in college. And one of my assistant coaches, God bless his heart, we were going down a very steep hill. <laughs> and there was like six of us guys in this minivan. And he got that thing up to like 125. That thing was flying down the hill. As he was braking, we could hear the tire begin to shred, right? Oh, I was like, oh, this is happening. This is how I'm coming home, Jesus. This is it. Welcome me into you. And the tires just begin to shred, and he's hitting the brakes, and the smoke is flying. I'm not kidding you. Salt Lake City is steep. And he gets to the end, and we're all like this, like bracing at the end, like, we made it. We get out. Tires are shredded. The brakes are smoking. And he goes, it's a rental. <laughs> I'm like, it is. My head coach wasn't too happy about it. But, I mean, you know, we just turned that bad boy in, paid a couple fees, and we were like, peace. We don't have to deal with this. You all do it. You know what I love about Jesus? He says that he's not a rented hand. He's not the rented shepherd. Jesus said he is the owner of his sheep. And that when he's the owner of his sheep, he's going to treat you as if you own something. He's going to treat you better than a rented hand. It says that the rented owner would flee when trials come. He will flee when pain comes. The rented owner would run away when the thief shows up. Did you catch that in John? Read John this week. Go back and read it. Underline it, circle it, do whatever you want to do, but read that because you'll catch stuff like that. It says that the rented hand leaves when evil comes. And Jesus says, I'm the owner of my sheep. When evil comes, when the thief comes, when that person or that thing comes that way, I'm not leaving. I'm staying with my children. He speaks to you. He speaks protection over you. He speaks life over you. He speaks truth over you. The rented hand, you want a God like that, that God will leave you in a second. The rented hand is the world. The world. See, if we know that God wants to speak as the owner, we understand and we can hear God's voice better. Because we know that the world won't stay with us. No, it will not. Let me be the first to tell you at Oasis Church Chicago, the world will not stay with you. The world will leave you in a second. When it's done with you, when it's realized it's used up everything it can from you, it'll say, thanks for coming, have a good life, bye-bye. The world will not stay with you. The world will not speak life to you. The world will not fight for you. The world will not protect you. That's the rented hand. The owner will do all of those things. Jesus. Jesus Christ will do all of those things for your life. His character is that he is the owner and not the renter. I, I love that. I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful that I'm not serving a God that's going to drive me like a minivan down Salt Lake City, Utah Hills. But he's going to take care of me. He's going to watch over me. He's going to protect me. He's going to guide me. Third thing is this. Jesus speaks warnings to you. Mm, I love this. So as the owner, he's going to make sure that he works out what is right for you. He's going to speak warnings to you. See, Jesus gives you the heads up in this passage of Scripture in John. 
You guys know that, right? You notice that as, you, as he's talking, he's giving the heads up to his people that, hey, I'm Jesus, but there still is a thief. There's a thief. He gives his people the heads up, giving, you love when your friends give you the heads up? Some of you ladies do when you know you were going on a date with somebody, your friend texts you, said, don't go on that date with that dude, I know who this dude is, and you're like, thanks for the heads up. Oh, no, you know, some of you are like, I've never gotten, oh, yeah, yeah, you have. You love those heads up. Oh, thanks for looking out. Love you so much. You love when you're working on a job site in the woods getting unloaded and your friend doesn't tell you heads up and you get knocked out by a piece of wood. It's just me. My friends are awesome. But you love, right, when people give you the heads up that something's coming your way, something's going to happen to you, that you're going to experience something. All of us love it. If you're in the business world, you love when you know that the market's going to take a little dip and someone's giving you the heads up. When you're going to start your business and you know how to start it and you get help and advice, you love when people give you the heads up of how they did it. We love heads up. But when Jesus gives us a heads up, we don't heed it at all. And he is the great shepherd. He says to us, hey, let me just tell you something. Give you the heads up. There's a thief here. His name is Satan. (laughs) We believe that there is Satan here on earth. And that he is roaring around. He's moving around. He is, he's moving through trying to catch up anybody he can. And Jesus is saying, hey, heads up. Heads up. He's here. But don't be afraid. Take heart. I've overcome him. I beat him. The victory's already won, homies. I got you. You're with me, you're good, because my cross paid for it all. The victory was won on the cross. So if the thief is here, he's here, and I'm giving the heads up, you could fall prey to him, or you could choose to follow me and be with me and be protected by the owner and not fall to the thief. Three of us have faith in this room. Because that, that allows me to walk out of here And go in times alone with Jesus and hear from the owner of my life to say, I'm going to protect you, Jay. I'm going to watch over you. When the thief is knocking at your door, you don't have to open it. Because I'm standing at the doorway of your heart. I own your heart. I am with you. You don't got to open it up to the world. The thief wants to steal, kill, and destroy your life. Who wants that life? Don't raise your hand. Please don't if you want that. I don't think anybody does, right? It's not like Jesus says, hey, the thief's out there. He may, he may kill you. He might. He may steal from you. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. He may get you. No, he says, yo, listen, I'm giving you a warning. I'm speaking it. I'm speaking my care. He will come and steal, kill, and destroy your life. Do you want to live that way or do you want to have a life and a life to the fullest? Woo. I love the character of Jesus. Oh, that Jesus speaks warnings. You know what gives me an understanding of this is that we don't have time to play games then. If you call yourself a follower of Jesus, you don't have time to waste here on this life. We have a couple things in common. One of them being that we are all going to die. Welcome to church this morning. So good to have you all. But that's the truth, right? We, we, we are all going to die. The moment that we were born, we began to die. It's just a matter of are you actually going to live while you're on this earth? Are you actually, are you going to wake up every day and do something that matters? Not for you, for the kingdom. 
Not for you to get status and recognized, but for the kingdom or for your neighbor, for the person that you've been praying for for far too long, for them to come to know the same saving grace that you know. See, are you willing to say, hey, thief, you know what I heard recently? I'm going to move on. I heard recently that we didn't come to earth. This was awesome. Amazing pastor said this. He said, we didn't come to earth. Let's get this straight. And it hit me like a ton of bricks. He said, let's get this straight, believers of Jesus Christ, followers of Jesus. We didn't come to earth to get tormented by the devil. Because we say that, all, he's just tormenting me. He's just after me. I feel it. And that's true. He, he does come after people. We didn't come to earth to be, to be tormented by the devil. You know why we came to earth? To torment the devil. I heard that and I was like, oh, snap. I got to do some work. Babe, come on, we're planting 15 more campuses. We're doing something more. Like, we got to do this. We don't got time to waste. I didn't come to earth to be tormented, to walk around life every single day going, I'm in a battle. I'm just in a battle. I just, I'm always in a battle. No, you're not. The owner didn't call you to be in a battle. There are trials in life. There are pains in life. But you don't always have to be in the battle mindset, the bondage mindset. You can walk in freedom because, yeah, the thief came to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus came to give you life. So guess what? Devil. I'm saying this and we're going <laughs> to. We're here to torment you. You're not stealing people anymore. The violence in the city isn't going to grab people anymore. The hate in the city isn't going to grab people anymore. Satan, you got to bow to Jesus' name. But the problem is, is that we walk around not knowing the character of Jesus. And we think that the thief has more power than Jesus has. I'm preaching. I'm sorry. This is just the truth. We as believers can be filled with so much love for people, for this city, for the places and spaces we go, knowing that Jesus won the victory. And that if I'm here, and I got this short little thing called life, the scripture said it's a mist. It's just a mist. Man, if I could be remembered, cool. If I'm not, okay. But if I could be remembered in heaven, fist bump. I'm in. I want to be remembered by heaven. I want to get to heaven. You know what? I want each and every one of you to be remembered by heaven. That when you get to heaven, Jesus looked at you and said, well done. You fought. You fought. You kept going. You kept going. You knew that the thief was there to steal, kill, and destroy, but I gave you the warning, and you heeded my warning. Well done. Fist pump. Come on in. Let's party. Yeah. Heaven's going to be a party. Hello. Woo. Some of you are like, it is? Really? You sure? Is that theologically right? I, I think so. I don't know how. It can't be. Because I'm in church right now having fun. <laughs> Jesus speaks warnings to you. Fourth thing is this. Jesus speaks direction as the good shepherd. See, when you know the character, you know that he wants to direct your life. He doesn't want to take you down pathways and, and avenues that are going to hurt you. We choose that. Catch that. I truly believe that. That, that Jesus doesn't want to lead his sheep down pathways and that are going to harm him. He didn't want to. He says that he didn't lead his sheep down, down rocky mountains or places and spaces that were going to hurt his sheep. He wanted to make sure that his sheep were guided and directed in the right places. We love our GPSs. We love our phones. Some of you don't even remember what maps were. I don't. 
Like I, I saw one of those recently in a rental car, believe it or not. Someone had a map, and I looked at that thing, and I chucked it out into the gas station in the garbage can. I was like, this is, I don't even know what this is. This is a different language. But I am dead without my phone if I'm somewhere. I'm in trouble, honestly. <laughs> like if I don't have Google Maps, I'm in trouble. And all y'all are too. If you are in another city, in a space, in a place that you don't know, you need your phone. Like how did they do it before this? I don't know. I, I don't know. But we love the assurance of our GPS getting us to the right spaces and places. When we're in New York City and we got to go on the subways, I love that I can have the little app pulled up and know exactly which subway to get on. Here, the buses and the CT, everything, you know where to go because you have your phone. But then you got a father in heaven, catch that, a father in heaven that loves you so much and you don't want to heed his direction. You want to know how to operate in this world, then you better start knowing that he wants to guide us here better than an iPhone GPS. He wants to show you the places. He wants to walk you to the places. He wants to be a sheep over his shepherd. There's three characters in this story. You guys know them most likely already. There's the shepherd, which is Jesus. There's the thief, which is the devil. And then there are sheep, which is, good news, us. I say this a lot. Us. We are the sheep. <laughs> you know the fascinating thing about sheep? They're dumb. They're one of the dumbest animals on the planet. Not only are they dumb, but they are stubborn. Catch that combination. Dumb and stubborn. I wouldn't want to be friends with that person. Sheep are dumb and stubborn. And Jesus talks to us like we are them. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. You're so, I am chosen. I'm forsaken. I am who you say I am. I'm a sheep. <laughs> Nobody else feel the cut there. Like that's what he says about us. And then we sing that we're all. But he says, you are the sheep. I am the shepherd. Sheep are not smart. And they need a shepherd to guide them. They need them to show how to go, how to move. They need to, to make sure that they have the shepherd over them that when sin does come knocking, they don't fall prey to it. They don't fall trapped to it. As they were walking through pastures, the shepherd would make sure that nothing would come against them. Nothing would hurt them. Nothing would harm them. It was a livelihood for a lot of the shepherds. That was their only livelihood. They needed to make sure that the sheep that they were giving, they brought the sheep that they were giving back. If they didn't, they weren't getting paid. They had to protect them. They had to make sure that they were directing them. I love it that Jesus is written about in Psalms, and it says in Psalms 23 that he will lead people in the paths of righteousness. He will guide us in the paths of righteousness. It doesn't say that he's going to guide you in some insane, crazy, terrible story here on earth. He says, if you love me and you call upon me, I'm going to lead you in the paths of righteousness. Amen. Jesus wants to lead us. He wants us to follow. He wants us to not fall prey. He wants to order the steps of our lives. I, I, I am grateful for a God that wants to order my steps. You know, cycling, it's a thing. It's awesome. It's cool. I go to spin classes every so often. I don't ever cycle on the streets. I have one time. And that one time, I thought I was going to have a heart attack because it is not easy. And I went for a Saturday road bike day with some guys that bike all the time. And they told me, you know, I was wearing spandex. It was awesome. It was cool. Whatever. Don't worry about it. Don't judge me. And I was on the bike, and I got on the bike, and the guy in the front said, hey, 
I'm going to guide us. I'm going to direct us. I'm going to make sure you guys know where we're going next. When we turn, I'm going to make a signal, and you guys know how to turn. Yeah, okay, cool, cool, cool. He says, JP, make sure you don't try to go ahead of me. I was like, all right, cool. I'll do that. Whatever you tell me, I'll do it. And you know what I realized? that I, I, you, Some of you are like, you tried to go ahead of him. I know some of you are thinking, that. I didn't. I listened. I heeded the voice because I was in spandex and embarrassed by myself already. And I said, okay, I'm going to stay behind you. And you know, you know when we got done? It was like a 22, three-mile bike ride on a Saturday morning. What I mean, nothing else to do. And so I was like, man, I'm tired. I'm tired. And he goes, he goes, yeah, you're not as tired as I am. I said, why? You were, I was like right in behind you. You were right in front of me. He said, because I, I let you draft off of me. I said, draft off of you. He was like, yeah, you know, I was in front, and I was taking a lot more of the wind than the people behind me. And I was like, oh, snap. He said, you drafting off of me probably used about 50%. I said, 50%? Get, man, what 50%? I feel like my legs just did a marathon, like 50%. He said, yeah, you used about 50%. Do you want to go for another ride? I said, no, I do not. He said, but do you understand that? You drafted off of me. As I was guiding you, you were drafting us. I think about Jesus the same way like this. <laughs> we're, we're struggling to guide our own selves. You're, you're wasting energy trying to lead your own life. You're, you are. You're going to bed tired at night. You're waking up in the morning discouraged. You're, you're, you're allowing yourself to lead instead of saying, Jesus, just go ahead before me because I want to draft off of you. I want to take 50% off of my day and let you handle it. I want to be able to go to bed at night excited, thankful, encouraged, and say, hey, look what Jesus did today because I just followed his steps. Where he leads, I'll go. His pathway is the better pathway for my life. So you know what? I'll draft off of you, Jesus. Let's keep doing this. But some of us don't want to do that because we don't think that he's led us down the right paths. You have to make a choice today. Like I said, you have to decide, do you want to heed the character of Jesus and listen to him guide direction over your life? Or do you want to do it on your own? God will never lead somebody that doesn't want to be led by him. Never. Net, like, catch that. If you walked in here today and you're like, I've never been led by Jesus and I've, my, my life's a mess, good news is there's grace and there's mercy and there's forgiveness in that. But those of you that follow Jesus and you say, hey, I feel like I'm just in destruction all the time, it is because probably most likely, well, I'm, I'm going to say 100% the reason why, you are choosing to lead yourself and not allow God to lead you. God will not lead anybody where he is not welcome to lead anybody. That's it. He will not. Brennan Van, come up. The fifth thing is this. Is this encouraging you? He leads you to green pastures, to peace. I love that. Jesus speaks correction as the good shepherd. Oh, what a word today. The character of Jesus, he speaks correction. We hate that word. Nobody wants to be corrected today. Nobody at all. Can I just say something very blunt and, and honest? The highest form of love is correction. The highest form of love that somebody can give to you is correction, when correction is done right. Okay? I know that my parents love me. <laughs> you know, they always said, it's harder for us to discipline you than it is for you. And I'm like, that's a lie. This is a lot harder for me right now than it is for you. But I knew, and I rested assured, looking back over my life, that my parents truly did love me. Maybe you didn't have a parent there to correct you and guide you. You have a father in heaven that wants to correct and guide you because the highest form of love, in my opinion, is correction. 
It's correction. It's because he wants to avoid you going down pathways and spaces that are going to harm you. See, the shepherd in Psalms 23, when, when he's talking about that, he talks about two things, his staff and his rod, right? We'll get to the rod in a second. But the staff, you know what the staff was for? It was a curved thing, and as the sheep would wander off, it would get off the pathway. It would stop listening to the voice of the shepherd. The shepherd would grab that thing and pull it back in around its neck. It'd say, hey, I, I, I want to correct you. Get back over here. Get with everybody. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come back. Keep walking. Another one goes astray. Hey, come, come back. Because it says, Alex said it brilliantly, Jesus leaves the 99 to chase after the one that's gone astray. I love Jesus that way. And he says, hey, come back. Come back over here. Come back this way. Jesus will continue to correct us if you want him to. And Jesus doesn't tell us that he is going to do something else. See, we love, have any of you, maybe in Sunday school growing up, regardless, you've seen the picture of Jesus carrying a sheep on his back. Anybody ever seen that picture? That, that picture is beautiful. It's awesome. It's, 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 I like it. Whatever. Um, you know, the thing about an a, a earthly shepherd is, is that the amount of times that it would have to grab the sheep by the neck with its, with its staff, the, the more and more that it would have to do that, it, sheep are dumb, right? We've established that. And so the shepherd would become so annoyed or just to the fact that this sheep is going to do something really bad to harm itself. You know what that picture actually shows you? They'd break that sheep's leg. Oh, Jesus is carrying around a broken sheep's leg. That sheep ain't happy. So that's not connecting. Okay, so... The picture that Jesus is carrying a sheep upon, that sheep's legs are broken. <laughs> Glory, hallelujah, blessed be the name of the Lord. It's not an awesome picture because it's the picture of Jesus carrying us on his back. That's not why shepherds would put sheep on their back. They would put sheep on their back because they wouldn't heed the correction. And so now you got to break some legs. I don't want Jesus to break my legs. <laughs> and none of you all in the room are like, this is super encouraging. I love where this message is going, thank God. I love my church. I want us to come to the place where we understand that correction is a good thing to heed. And I don't want to heed correction 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. I don't want to heed the warnings when it's down to 20, 30, 40. Because I don't want my legs broken. Because the legs of my life will be broken by the world. The world will break your legs. It'll break your spirit. It will destroy you. But Jesus' correction is like, let me get this rod and keep bringing these people back. But eventually, you're going to have to make the decision. Don't matter what's going on out there. It's awesome. They're working. It's cool. Welcome to Artist Office. It's beautiful. But do you want to choose God's correction this morning? Do you want to choose the staff option? Or do you want your legs broken? <laughs> Godly correction never hurts you. Godly correction never hurts you. It always helps you. It always helps you. The last thing is this. Jesus speaks protection as the good shepherd. Whew. His correction is protection. And he speaks it all the time. He is the protector of his flock. You know what the other part is? He has a staff and he has a rod. You know what the rod is for? To protect his sheep from things attacking. So in one hand he's got a staff. The other hand he's got a rod. This is how I see Jesus standing in our lives, right in front of me. He's got a staff and he's got a rod. And in his rod, hand is the rod. And as people and things and stuff are coming my way, he's... Do you see Jesus this way? 
Because in Psalms 23, it just doesn't say that he has a staff. It says he has a staff and a rod. And in John, it talks about how he is standing at the doorway. He is protecting his sheep. He is watching over his sheep because he's the owner of his sheep. And as he protects his sheep, he's fighting off the rod. I don't know about you, but I am thankful to God that I serve a God in heaven that wants to protect my life, that wants to watch over my life, that wants to make sure that where I'm going and what I'm doing and what my family's doing and what we're doing, we're going to be protected. I want heaven's protection over my life life. There was a picture that I saw, and we're closing here. There was a picture recently, it was about a year ago, uh, at a baseball game. Ronnie's got it. I think he's going to throw it up there. There was a picture of, of an image, and it captivated me. See, have you seen this? Have you seen this? Let me just tell you what this is. Because if you think God's, that's a father. <laughs> and that's his son right next to him. And his son was texting during the baseball game. And as he was texting, one of the batters at home plate swung his bat very hard. And out of his hands came flying the bat. And everybody, the moment the bat came flying out, everyone gasped, right? Like, <gasps> and you see this kid with his head and his phone. <laughs> and you see, I like watch the video and I go, that kid's done. <laughs> night, night. <laughs> He's gone. <laughs> and I see this massive hand come across. And take the bat, the blunt of the bat, right here. Just takes it, and the bat just falls, and the kid looks up, and he just smiles at his dad like, thanks, dad. And he goes back to texting. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> like, this kid's a legend. He doesn't, he doesn't even like, thanks, dad, high five, like, I love you, let me buy you some nachos. He's just like, oh, cool. Because <laughs> that's the generation we are today. That picture, that's our earthly father. How much more of a picture do we have of a heavenly father that will put his arm out for me, that will protect me, that even though the rod and the staff, they may, they're there to correct me and protect me, but his hands are open to me to protect me. His arms are held out wide to just keep me from the things of this world. I don't know about you, but I need a God in heaven. I want to serve a shepherd in heaven that is going to be like that but greater. Anybody want that? I do. And so this morning we're going to pray. I want every head bowed and every eye closed. I know I went a few minutes over and I'm sorry, but I just see the image of heaven this morning here in this place of the good shepherd wanting to speak. And so this morning I, I, I just want to give people the opportunity. I want to give people the opportunity to say I want that shepherd in my life. I want to heed the voice and the character of Jesus Christ in my life. I see the characteristics of Jesus, and they are good, and I want that. So if you're in the room this morning, it doesn't have to be long. It doesn't have to be crazy. Jesus can move in a second. If you're in this room and you said, you know what, I want to heed the voice of the good shepherd. On the count of three, I just want you to slip your hand up. So one, he loves you. Two, he died for you. Three, he wants to spend eternity with you. If you want to in this room, slip your hand up high. No one's looking around. Everybody in this room is heads bowed and eyes closed, hands up. It says that heaven throws a party when the one recognizes and says that I want Jesus in my life. Anybody else? Amen. Amen. Hands are up. Praise God. Would you as a church body pray this with me this morning and with those that lifted their hands? Jesus, I receive you today. You are welcomed here. I love you. I am sorry for my sin. Forgive me. I want you to be my good shepherd to watch over me, to protect me, to guide me, to, to use me. God, I am yours, and you are mine. 
Jesus, this morning, I thank you for each and every person that lifted their hand. I thank you for the reminder of the character of Jesus, that you are a good shepherd, oh God. This morning, we praise you. We worship you. Come on, church, can we just worship out this morning? Would you stand to your feet this morning as we sing out?